You are listening to the Grace Covenant Cornelius Audio Podcast. Well, grab your Bibles if you would. Look with me to the Gospel of Luke. That's where we're going to be this morning. We're going to look at several other passages of Scripture, so you'll want to keep your Bible out and keep it handy. But this morning, we are actually concluding this series on prayer. The past few weeks, we've been talking about how do we connect with God through the avenue of prayer. So if you missed one of the last Sundays, I would encourage you to check out the podcast so you can catch up. Um, in the last two Sundays, we talked about these two things, the purpose of prayer and um, the posture of prayer. So just a quick summary of what we talked about. First week, we talked about the purpose of prayer. We said, if you don't understand the purpose of prayer, uh, most likely you'll either neglect prayer, abuse prayer, or misuse prayer. Um, so what's the purpose of prayer? It's more than just bringing our needs. God, I, I need something. Uh, it's really about us, again, living out relationship with God. And then last week we talked about uh, the posture of prayer. How do we come to God in prayer? Jesus makes it very clear that there's a right way and a wrong way to come in prayer. And so how do we come? How do we approach God in prayer? We said five things last Sunday. We said well, you want to come humbly. You want to come uh, gratefully. You want to come authentically. You want to come persistently. And you want to come confidently. And so that as we approach God in prayer, um, because again, you know, we want to be effective in prayer. So how we approach God in prayer um, really matters. And so today we're, we're going to talk about the process of prayer from the the brief survey I did a few weeks ago, just kind of show of hands as I asked the questions, like how many of you struggle with prayer? How many of you feel like, wow, you'd like to know how to pray better? Like pretty much everyone in the room uh, raised their hand. So how, how do we engage in the process of prayer? How can we elevate our prayer life and elevate our connection with God? And that's what we want to kind of focus in on this morning. There's a cute story about a little boy who was who was saying his bedtime prayers with his mother, and his prayer was really simple, something like this, Lord, bless mommy and daddy. And then he raised the, the volume of his prayer a few decibels, and he says, and God, give me a new bicycle. <laughs> at this point, his mom said, you know, Johnny, you don't have to yell to God. You don't have to raise the volume. I mean, you, you know, God can hear just fine. And little boy says, I, I, I know God can hear just fine, but grandma, she can't hear very well, and she's in the next room. <laughs> Like every once in a while, you know, just let's hedge our bets here a bit. Well, when we come to God in prayer, the good news is we don't have to yell. It's not the volume of our prayers that that determines the effectiveness of our prayers. Nor is prayer a, a process of begging God to get Him to do what we want to do. There's a funny Dennis the Menace cartoon where Dennis is kneeling beside his bed. And if you know anything about Dennis the Menace, like always in trouble... So here he is beside his bed, hands folded in prayer, eyes looking toward heaven. And he has this imploring look on his face. And the little comic, uh, the little caption says, uh, Dennis praying to God, says, God, I'm here to turn myself in. (laughs) And prayer is really not about us turning ourselves in either. It's not about the volume we pray. It's, It's not about turning ourselves in. Matter of fact, as I As I would define prayer, I would say prayer is this. Prayer is the privilege. It's not what we have to do, folks. It's what we get to do. It's the privilege that God the Creator has granted us the created that we might be able to connect in relationship with Him, that we might be able to process life with Him. It's the privilege that God's granted us to to live out life with Him. You know, as we come in prayer and we... 
We come with confidence because of not only God's provision, but God's invitation. See, when we come in prayer, we're not coming presumptuously. We're really responding to what God has said. God said, hey, come. Come and, and engage me. Come and ask of me. Matter of fact, a great verse of Scripture, Hebrews 4.16, a verse I would encourage you to commit to memory, reads like this. Let us then approach the throne of grace with confidence so that we might find mercy and grace to help us in our time of need. Now let me ask you a question this morning. How many of you need mercy and grace? <laughs> I need it. You need it. How do we access mercy and grace? We access mercy and grace through this, this avenue of prayer. I mean, that's, that's what God says. Come, that you might find mercy and, and grace. See, praying, praying should be just like breathing. I mean, if you think about it, just as breathing is the response of physical life to the presence of air, so prayer should be, the, should be the response of spiritual life to the presence of God in our lives. But for that to happen, we have to be intentional and aware. Intentional in that, that prayer does become a priority. Because one of the things I've come to discover about life is um, what I want to happen, um, what I order in my life is usually that which happens. If you think about it, it's probably true for yours. What, what you want to happen, most of the time you'll make time, place, way for that to happen. You become intentional. And I think prayer, same. I mean, prayer, prayer becomes, we become effective engaging in prayer when we become intentional in the process. In other words, we're building it into our lives. And I think secondly, when we're aware. Listen, prayer becomes much more natural when you become fully aware of your great need of God. When you become aware that without God you're in trouble. When you become aware of, like, you can't do life as you're supposed to do life without God. Listen, it begins to change your perspective of prayer. And, and prayer then becomes a greater priority. Why? Because you came to an understanding and awareness of. And one of the things that, for me, I live in this awareness of, like, I can't be the husband I need to be. I can't be the father I need to be. I can't be the, the leader I need to be without God. And it's that awareness that, like, keeps me humble and hungry before God because I realize, like, man, if God doesn't show up, I'm in trouble. And I would say it's the same for you. Uh, intentionality and awareness really brings us to a place where we, we, um, we, ele- we begin to elevate that of the process of prayer in our lives. Um, but it's not just like we want to begin our day in prayer. I think our goal is really to build prayer into like the ongoing process of like how we do life. See, I believe most Christ followers understand the value of prayer. And most Christ followers, probably most of you in the room today, pray to some degree. But I think the ongoing question is, is is how do we pray better? I mean, that was the very question the disciples asked Jesus. And we're going to get to that in, in just a moment. But I think it's the very question we ask. As I interact with, with Grace Covenant folks, as I interact with you, one of the questions I'm consistently asked is, Pastor, how do, how do I pray? Am I praying right? How can I pray better? I mean, it's a, it's a consistent question. And so how can we learn to pray better? 
And what keeps us from praying better? You know, as I was thinking about this, I thought, what are the challenges? Again, the very fact that you're here today tells me that you would like to connect with God in a better way. Listen, if you didn't give a rip, you wouldn't be here today. There's a lot of other places you could be. But the fact that you're here today tells me that you have some level of interest in connecting in a better way with the God who made you. So what keeps you from that? What are the challenges of prayer? And as I was thinking about that, I thought, you know, at least I can speak for myself. First, first for me is at times when I come in prayer, one of the challenges is I feel like I run out of words. You ever feel that way? It's like I prayed all of my words and I, I don't know what else to pray and I don't want to be redundant and I don't want to be repetitive, but it's like I, I run out of words. It's like I need to expand my vocabulary to communicate what I'm, what I'm feeling, but like the words aren't there. That's one of my challenges. I think another challenge that we have in relation to prayer is, is that we struggle with silence. If we're honest, like Mother Teresa, read some of her writings. Talking about a woman who was gut level honest about her, her relationship with God and at times the intense struggle. And it was the struggle of the silence. And I think sometimes if we're, if we're honest, we have this same. It's like I'm talking to God and like I'm not hearing anything. Is that only me or you? you? Okay, good. I thought for a minute I thought it was just me, and I thought maybe I need to go work on myself. But it frustrates us because we want to hear from God. It's like we want like this more than one way communication. We really want the two way communication, and the silence can frustrate. I think another challenge when it comes to prayer is the press of our schedules and the press of our lives. So many things on your to-do list, so many things on your calendar, so many things that you feel like you have to do, that the press of your schedule presses God right out of your schedule. And oftentimes what happens, if we're honest, if we're willing to admit this morning, oftentimes what happens is God gets the leftovers in your life. Why? Because it, there's no room. Press of the schedule. Then I think another challenge is, and again, this is what I hear from a lot of you, and I know at times it's even my own struggles. I feel like I, I, don't, know, I don't know how to pray. And that's why we've spent three weeks talking about this. Again, we're like the disciples. Luke 11, there was a day when, as I see the story, the disciples were listening to Jesus praying. And it must have been like a, a pretty moving, a pretty dynamic prayer. Because when Jesus came to the end of his prayer, the disciples said to Jesus, Jesus, would you teach us how to pray? Like we were listening to you pray and like, we have, wow, we had no clue how to do this. Would you teach us to pray as John taught his disciples to pray? Let's pick up the story in, in Luke chapter 11, beginning with verse 2. He, being Jesus, said to them, When you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we, we also forgive everyone who sins against us. And lead us not into temptation. Well, in the prayer that Jesus gave as a point of instruction, I think we have a prayer certainly that we can pray and should pray, but we also have here a, a model to guide us, to guide us in prayer. Now, different people break out the model in different ways. 
But really, there's, there's this guide as to a process as we, as we recognize who God is, as we seek His will on earth, as we ask for His provision for our lives, as we seek forgiveness, as we seek protection, as we, as we seek continued obedience. I mean, all of that is in, in this model. And again, different communicators, different leaders break it out in a different way. But there's a model here for us to pray as well as a prayer that we, that we should pray. Jesus said, when you pray... Say these words or pray like this. Now, what I want you to catch out of this story this morning is that it's possible for all of us to become better at prayer. Here's the disciples. They come to Jesus and Jesus teach us. And Jesus begins to teach them to elevate their understanding and their effectiveness of how to connect with God in prayer. So what that tells me for every one of us in the room today, here's the good news. You can learn to pray better. Turn to your neighbor and say, hey, you can learn to pray better. Go ahead and tell them. For every one of us, we, we, can, we can move from where we're at to a better place. So, so I want to spend the next few minutes talking with you about this process of prayer. And I want to give you several ways that you can pray that may be new for you. But let's begin with this. Prayer is this. Prayer is talking to God, so keep it simple. Listen, you don't have to use big words. You don't have to use churchy words. You don't have to use uh, religious words. Just be yourself. So sometimes, sometimes I wonder if when people are trying to pray to God and talk to God in like really religious churchy words, I wonder if God looks over to Jesus and says, who in the world is that and what are they saying? Now, obviously, that doesn't happen, but it's like you're not being who you are. And listen, God made you just as you are. And he loves you just as you are. And out of the uniqueness of who he created you to be, listen, it's out of that that you want to connect in relationship with him. And oftentimes we feel a bit intimidated when we hear other people pray and we think, wow, I should pray like that. And we try to pray like that and it. It doesn't work well because that's not who we are. I remember a few years ago I was hanging out with uh, Dr. Jack Hayford. Some of you may know that name. A great theologian, great man of God. And talking about someone who can pray. Wow. So I'm hanging out with Dr. Hayford and I'm, I'm listening to him pray. And I'm thinking, man, I should pray like Dr. Hayford. And I tried and it didn't work. Because I'm not Jack Hayford. That's not who God created me to be. So first and foremost, as we think about the process of prayer, I would really encourage you, keep it simple. Just be you. Dr. Dr. Billy Graham said it so well. I, I put the quote there in your notes this morning. Dr. Graham says, God welcomes our prayers, and he's much more concerned about our hearts than our eloquence. Our hearts than our eloquence. And 1 Samuel 16 talks about man looks at the outward appearance, but God looks where at the heart. So when you come in prayer, just remember, you're talking to God. So, so keep it simple. Also in the process of prayer, we always, we always want to lead with worship and adoration. If you look back to Luke 11 too, notice how Jesus began his prayers, or began his prayer as he was teaching the disciples how to pray. He began like this, Father, hallowed be your name. 
The Living Bible translation reads like this. Father, may your name be honored for its holiness. So as we come to God in prayer, we should come acknowledging the greatness of God, the faithfulness of God, the holiness of God, the goodness of God. As we we begin the process of prayer, we need to begin by declaring the greatness of who God is, declaring highest praise to the one who's worthy. The 100th Psalm, I think, gives us insight as to how we should approach God in prayer. And I, I often use it as a guide when I come in prayer. I use that, that Psalm as a guide uh, to the process of how I begin prayer. And if you're not familiar with Psalm 100, Psalm 100 is in the, what's known as the Psalm of Ascents. A-S-C-E-N-T-S, Ascents. And that the Jews as they were going up to Jerusalem, as they were climbing up Mount Zion, up to the temple to worship, they would sing songs. And they would pray prayers. And so we have the Psalms of Ascent. So this is one of the Psalms, the songs, the Jewish people would sing as they were ascending Mount Zion on their way to worship. As they were coming to worship, this is how they would come. We have it on the screen. So would you read this with me this morning? Let's read this together. Shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before Him with joyful songs. Know that the Lord is God. It is He who made us, and we are His. We are His people, the sheep of His pasture. Enter His gates with thanksgiving and His courts with praise. Give thanks to Him and praise His name. For the Lord is good and His love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generation. So this psalm here kind of guides us, directing us as to how we should like engage in the process of prayer. Listen, it's praise that opens the way for petition. It's not that you shouldn't bring your petitions. God invites us. And bring your needs, bring your concerns. But we must understand that it's praise that opens the way for us then to bring whatever our needs would be that we want to present to God. So as you come in the process of prayer, you want to keep it simple. Secondly, you want to lead with with worship and adoration as we are moving toward this goal of learning to cultivate prayer into the daily rhythm of our lives. That's the goal of where we want to get to. If you were to ask me, Farrell, where do you want to get in your relationship with God in relation to prayer? I would say this. I want prayer to be, for me, as natural as breathing. That it's just part of how I do life. And I would want the same for you. Now, I think every one of us, if you're asking me what I think, I think every one of us should begin our day just saying, God, I need you. I mean, if that's all you have time for. Um, God, I, I, need, I mean, before I get on Interstate 77, God, I need you, right? <laughs> However that looks. Now, for me, I'm an early riser, and so really my best time is in the morning. And so every morning I have my routine um, that's defined as to the Word and worship and prayer. Um, and so I think morning is great. It's interesting this week we were just having this dialogue among the staff. And you have to know among our pastoral staff, some of us like to get up early and some don't like to get up so early. 
Um, so we were talking about prayer, and I was kind of pushing my perspective. I said, you know, the scripture says that early in the morning before the sun came up, Jesus got up and he prayed. Uh, so, you know, obviously early is right. And one of the other pastors said, well, you know, and the scripture does say that God came down in the cool of the evening to walk with Adam and Eve. <laughs> like morning or evening, like which one is right? Well, they're both right. But my, my point would be this morning is this, as you begin your day inviting God into your day, as you begin your day in prayer, what you don't want to do is begin your day with God and leave God at home. Now, listen, I understand that God is everywhere all the time. I do understand that. But for some of you, possibly, you've been in a process, okay, I, I, I prayed, and okay, now i got to get about my work. And I would just suggest that, wow, God might want to engage you in your place of work while you're at work. Again, it's this whole concept of, of building prayer into the daily rhythms of our lives. You know, if you visit the Islamic world, you would quickly come acquainted with the Adhan, which is the Muslim call to prayer. And you may become well acquainted with it at 5 o'clock in the morning because that's the first call to prayer. And throughout the day, five times a day, beginning before the sunrise, you hear the cry of the Mazin from the minarets. And here's the cry, Allahu Akbar. Allahu Akbar. Now, I'm not, I'm not promoting the Muslim cult, but I think it's interesting that built into the very fabric of their culture, they have a call to prayer five times a day where they're responding to that call and they, and they present themselves in prayer. Obviously, again, I'm not promoting this, so you don't have to send me emails after the service. But I do think it's an interesting observation in their, in their false form of worship, they have this rhythm of prayer. And it's interesting, if you go back into church history, um, there's the ringing of the church bells. And even still in some cities today, um, in England, some of the larger cities, the ringing of the church bells. You know what that's all about? It all began with this. A group of pastors got together and they were talking about how can we help our people uh, engage in prayer more often? How can we help them build this kind of into to the rhythm of their lives. And they had this idea, said, why don't we ring the church bell at certain hours? And so as workers that are in the factory, as they would hear the ringing of the church bell, it would be this reminder, oh, I need to engage God in this process of prayer in my life in this moment. The ringing of the bells. And again, not that we want to become religious about any of that, but it's this concept of what just building prayer into the daily rhythm of our lives. Matter of fact, Paul says it like this, 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 and 17. Paul says, um, be joyful always and pray continually. Be joyful always, pray continually. Now, what Paul's emphasizing here, I, I don't believe it's like I got to be on my knees six to ten hours a day in prayer. Okay, I'm praying, continue. You know, I think what Paul's talking about here, he's saying, hey, be full of joy and always live your life in connection with God. Wherever you go, it's like, man, I'm doing life with God. I'm building God into the process, the very, the very way that I do life. Well, that's building in this rhythm of prayer. So, so, so my challenge to you today, listen, don't just make prayer an event, but make prayer the very way that you do life. Does that make sense? Again, that man, we're just, man, me and God, we're doing this dance 
Like I'm doing life with God. That's the concept. Building prayer into the daily rhythm of our lives. Well, as we're doing that, as we're building prayer in the daily rhythm of our lives, uh, let, me, let me leave you with, with a couple ways um, that may be new for you in how you pray. The, the, the first would be um, praying the Word. You know, as we, look, as we look to the Bible, certainly it's God's truth for us. It's truth that guides us, truth that directs us, truth that corrects us. Certainly, listen, the Bible is that and so much more. But I would submit to you that the Bible is also a great guide for prayer. Oftentimes when I pray, I, I, I pray what God said. How many of you know you can't go wrong if you're praying what God's already said? Man, that's a great bet. I'm, I'm, God, I'm only saying what you said. Uh, to, to, to pray the word. To, as I, you know, the scriptures I've committed to memory just as I'm in prayer. And it's just like those scriptures surface and, and I pray what God's already revealed. Now, there's several benefits, several benefits to praying God's word. Let me give you three really quick. The first is when you pray God's word, you're actually speaking God's promises. Or I might say it like this, not that God needs to be reminded, but you're reminding God of what he's already said. I think a second great benefit to praying God's word is that you're aligning your words to God's truth. Because how many of you know at times your words are um, lacking, if I can say it like that? Would you agree with that? So when you pray God's word, you're aligning your words to the truth of his word. I think another great benefit of praying God's word is it expands our prayer capacity. In other words, as we pray God's word, we begin to pray in ways and about things that we would not normally pray. Because your tendency is like mine. You fall into a rut of prayer. And, and, and you know, kind of you do it every morning. Here's your rut of prayer. And, and again, I'm not condemning about that. I'm just saying as you begin to pray God's word, it's going to break you out of that rut and take you into some other avenues, maybe praying in ways that you've not prayed before. Simply just praying God's word. Now, you can, you can pray any passage of Scripture. It's interesting. There's, there's 222 prayers recorded in the Bible. A little trivia there if you ever get asked that question. 222. Um, so you can pray any passage of Scripture, any prayer in Scripture, but the book of Psalms is actually a book of prayers. It's a book of songs that we can sing. And so not that I do this all the time, but, but oftentimes I just go to one of the Psalms and I pray my way through the Psalm. I allow God's word to direct my process of prayer. And this morning, I, I want to illustrate this for you. And I, I'm not... I'm not doing this so you can say, well, watch him pray. That's, that's not my goal. My goal is to help you understand how easy it is. And again, for you in your way um, to figure out, okay, how do I pray God's word? But sometimes it just kind of helps to see it in action. Um, and so I'm going to take the most familiar of all Psalms, Psalm 23. You can turn there if you like, or you can just listen and I want to illustrate for you how I would take this psalm and I would just pray the psalm. And I'm, what am I doing? I'm praying the word. And I'm allowing the word to direct my process. Now, it changes for me all the time based on the season of life and what I'm facing. How many of you know some days are really good and some days are more challenging? So depending on season of life, depending on what's happening in my life, may 
may direct how I would approach this psalm in, in prayer. But again, just as a point of illustration, this is how I pray the word. The Lord is my shepherd. I like nothing. God, I thank you that because of your awesome provision for my life, you've been faithful to my family down through the generations. And I like nothing in my life because of your greatness. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He, he refreshes my soul. God, I thank you that in the, in the storms of life, and Lord, the storms, they do blow. And Lord, challenges come. But God, I thank you in those times that in you I can find rest and in you I can find peace. Lord, that I don't have to be restless. Lord, that I can be confident to know that all is well, my soul, because God, my trust is in you. He guides me along right paths for his name's sake. God, I thank you that you guide me to make right decisions because, God, you know in my own humanity, in my own flesh, I don't always choose right. But I thank you, God, that you guide me to that which is right, that, my, that I might honor you in my life and with my life. Even though I, I walk through the darkest valley, I'll fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and, and your staff, they comfort me. God, I, I thank you that I, I don't have to be afraid. Because your, your presence, God, you're always with me. There's no place I can go that, 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 I'm, that I'm separated from you as I face death, as I face challenge. I face it with confidence because of your presence, God, in my life. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. God, I thank you that my cup does overflow. You've you've poured abundantly into my life. God, your goodness, Lord, it overflows. It overwhelms me. God, thanks for your provision. And surely, God, you said surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life and, and I'll dwell in the house of the Lord Forever, God, I thank you for the promise to know that one day, God, I'm going to spend like eternity with you. God, that I'm going to be in your presence. God, I thank you that in the present reality, I have your goodness and your love chasing after me. And I have this future eternity to look forward to being forever with you. That's how I pray God's word. And again, there's not like any one right way to do it. I just take a passage of Scripture and I just kind of allow it to guide my process of prayer. So praying God's Word, allowing God's Word to guide you. And again, listen, don't don't like come and pray the first time and, well, man, that, that didn't work well. Listen, when you were a kid and you started trying to learn to walk, How many of you know you fell a lot before you started walking? Right? It's the same as you're kind of learning, how do I pray the Word? And just keep pressing in and keep working at it. And again, just allow it to kind of naturally flow. You'll be amazed at how God's Word begins to shape your life as you begin to pray the Word. Again, just allowing it to come alive in your life. So you can pray the Word. Here's another great way to pray is, is to, to pray the prayers that have been written. Pray the prayers that have been written. Now, grow, growing up in the Pentecostal movement, and I've been in the Pentecostal movement all my life. My dad was a pastor, and so, you know, I just grew up in church. And how I was trained as a Pentecostal 
was, it, all we needed was the power of the Holy Spirit, and everything had to be spontaneous. If it wasn't spontaneous, then it couldn't be of God. Bless God, we don't need the dead prayers of the dead saints of the past. You know, just let God's Spirit move. And I, I actually, again, I thought it was foolish. Why would you pray the dead prayers of the dead folks of the past? But as I've become more mature in my journey of faith, what I've come to discover is I was the fool. And that there's great, there's great riches to be found in the prayers of the saints of the past. And if you grew up in a more liturgical church, maybe Presbyterian, Episcopalian, Lutheran, then this is like, yeah, like why did it take you so long to catch up, Pastor? Because uh, you've been doing this for a long time. But this is somewhat new for me. Again, because of my bent of thinking that obviously was, was wrong and, and limited. But to pray the prayers that have been written. Jesus said in Luke 11, if you look back, Luke eleven two, Jesus said, when you pray, say. So the Lord's Prayer is not just a prayer for us to read, folks. The Lord's Prayer is a prayer for us to pray. And I would submit to you that when you pray the Lord's Prayer, you've prayed good. You've prayed well. To pray the, the prayer that's been written, but not just the Lord's Prayer. As we think of the prayers of the saints of the past, man, looking back into church history, man, there's some great stuff. And again, depending on your background and your raising, maybe you were like me, or maybe even today you're still like me, and you're thinking, you know, liturgy, why do we need liturgy? Can I submit to you this morning that there's nothing wrong with liturgy? Liturgy is not alive or dead. Liturgy is either true or false. The problem is not with the liturgy. The problem's with the worshipers. Think about that. In other words, the problem's with you and me. That's the problem. As we come humble and as we come hungry, and I think it's the prayers of the past that have been written that's so rich in theology and so deep of, with meaning that can become an effective way for, for us to connect with God in prayer. I want you to listen to this Puritan prayer that we have for you. Again, this is a prayer coming out of the history of the church, and we, you know, it's a little bit of graphics we've put to it. But I want you to listen to this prayer, and I want you to catch the depth of the words of this prayer from church history. As the sun is full of light, the ocean full of water, heaven full of glory, so may my heart be full of you. Vain are all divine purposes of love and redemption wrought by Jesus unless you work within, regenerating by your power, giving me eyes to see Jesus, showing me the realities of the unseen world. Give me yourself without measure, as an unimpaired fountain, as inexhaustible riches, I hate my coldness, poverty, emptiness, imperfect vision, languid service, prayerless prayers, praiseless praises. Help me not to grieve or resist you. Come as power to expel every rebel lust, to reign supreme and keep me thine. Come as teacher, leading me into all truth, 
filling me with all understanding. Come as love, that I may adore the Father and love him as my all. Come as joy, to dwell in me, move in me, animate me. Come as light, illuminating the scripture, molding me in its laws. Come as sanctifier, body, soul, and spirit, holy thine. Come as helper, with strength to bless and keep directing my every step. Come as beautifier, bringing order out of confusion, loveliness out of chaos. Magnify to me your glory by being magnified in me and make me smell of your fragrance. Well, was that not well said? And that's just one example, literally, of thousands of prayers that have been written down through church history that can help us, that can guide us in the process of prayer. Let me give you a few resources that you can check out. One, obviously, how many know you can Google and find everything, right? But but just Google uh, prayers of the saints of the past. May you find hundreds, thousands. Here's another um, resource. It's called the Book of Common Prayer. Um, Again, full of prayers, solid theological prayers of the saints of the past. Here's another tool that I recently came to discover and, and have been utilizing. It's an app that you can download on your phone free. Um, I, I like free. I think you like free too. So you might check out this uh, app called Abide, and it's a prayer app. And you can program it into your phone as to what time you want the like the prayers to ding in. You talk about like the ringing of the church bells. I have the, the ringing of my phone. Uh, through this app, I get prayers that come, and it's just individuals praying prayer, praying scripture, and I can pray along with them, um, or I can listen as they pray. And it's really helped me think broader and deeper about prayer. So it's a really, it's a great app, simple to use. So you might, you might want to check that out and get it downloaded on your phone. But it was Pastor Brian Zand in his book, Water to Wine, made this statement. He says, if we're going to pray better, we need better prayers. If we're going to pray better, we need better prayers. And that's why I think there's great value to praying the prayers that have been written in the past, to broaden our understanding to broaden their ability to engage in prayer. As I, as I wrap this up this morning, and as we conclude this series, I, I want to leave you with a, with a scripture that I've been meditating on in 1 Corinthians 2.9, where God says these words, listen to this, No eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has even begun to conceive what God has in store for those who love Him. Think about that. No eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has conceived the greatness of what God has in store for those who love Him. I have a conviction that runs deep in my life, and it's this conviction that we serve a good God who wants to bring His goodness in our lives. That we serve a great God who wants to bring His greatness to your address. And one of the ways we access that is through prayer. Again, Hebrews 4.16. 
has come boldly to His throne of grace, come with confidence that we might find grace, or excuse me, mercy and grace to help us in our time of need. Now, Jeremiah 33, 3 says this. God says, call upon me and I'll show you great and mighty things. Great and mighty things. The greatness of God available, available to us through this avenue, the privilege. The privilege of prayer. Would you pray with me? Lord, I, I thank you this morning again, even as I did last Sunday. God, so I thank you today for the privilege of prayer. God, that we, in our limitations, could connect with you, God, who is obviously unlimited. That we, the Creator, could connect with you, the Creator. God, that we can invite you into the day-to-day process of our lives. God, what an awesome privilege. Lord, this morning, Lord, with my friends, I admit that we need help. Lord, we're, we're all, everyone in the room today, God, I, I think we're all like the disciples. Where we would say, Jesus, teach us how to pray better. Instruct us. So this morning, Holy Spirit, we invite you. You're the teacher. You're the one who reveals truth. You're, you're the one who reveals Jesus to us. Holy Spirit, we invite you to reshape our minds, our thinking in relation to prayer. May we not see it as something we have to do. May we see it as something that we get to do. Lord, may we understand that it's, it's the access that you've given us to connect to that of your mercy and your grace. Oh, Holy Spirit, help us cultivate prayer into the, the daily rhythm of our lives. At every point of our life, God, that we're, just, we're inviting you into those areas or that you might truly reign in our lives, that you might bring your greatness. Because, Lord, you said in your word, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has even begun to conceive the greatness of what you have for us. So, Holy Spirit, we ask today, help us elevate prayer, the priority of prayer in our lives. Amen. For more information on Grace Covenant Church, our service times, ministry opportunities, directions, and more, visit us at gracecovenant.org.